This is awesome. God is so good, isn't he? And he's so faithful. And if you're a guest, once again, we're so glad to have you here. As you can see, we're just a fun church. We're a happy, clappy church. You know, we don't mind singing songs or clapping or rejoicing because we're just excited about what Jesus is doing in our lives. And once again, if you're a guest, we literally don't want anything from you. We simply want Jesus for you. Amen? Amen. And how cool is that we get to live stream? This is the first time ever we've live streamed the outdoor service. We got these wireless cameras and we have all these tech people that are all over the place. So can we give them a hand? Because they came super early to set all this up. My dad's running this camera. We got all sorts of dads working today. Uh, if you want to follow along in the notes, they are on the app. You can just click on the, the service, the outdoor service. And then if you want to go to where the notes are, those are normally the PowerPoint screens uh, that you see as we go. But we're actually continuing a series of messages uh, that we've been on in the month of June. And even if you haven't been here the last two weeks, I know that God has a word for you today. And we've been calling this sermon series, Ready, Set, See, now some of you, I set you up, you're a guest, I'm sorry that I did that because it's not go. What we said is we believe that it's time for us to ready, set, stop. In the first week of June, we looked at this whole concept of soul fatigue, that we're not machines, amen? Dads, we're not machines, are we? Amen? We're human. We have blood flowing through us, and there's a pace of life. There's a, there's a system to life that God has given us to enjoy life and enjoy life to the full. And as I mentioned last week, as J.J. spoke, and he, he really did an incredible job talking about being ready and what that looks like in view of, of Scripture and what it is that God would call us to do. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to set up our lives. How do we set up our lives for success? Because think about this, how we set up our lives is ultimately how we live out our lives. Amen? How we set up our lives is ultimately how we live out our lives. And isn't it interesting how that starts kind of early on in the process? Those of you that are students, you're thinking about the career path that you want to go to. And you have these decisions that you have to make about schools or whether you go into a trade school or you go into the family business. And so you have all of these options that you're weighing and that you're praying about. And so you're setting yourself up for the next stage. And so you go to college and maybe you change your major or you go in a different direction or things change along the way and you have to pivot. You have to change things. You're continuing to set up your life. You find that person that you believe God has called you to spend the rest of your life with. Talk about setting your life up, amen? And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes you got to hit the reset button. Sometimes you got to gather your feelings and emotions and say, okay, God, what is it that you have for the next leg of my journey? What is it that you have in store for me for the rest of my life? And isn't it amazing that his grace and his mercy always follows us? That God loves us so much that he never stops working in our lives no matter what we face in this world. How we set up our lives, again, is ultimately how we live out our lives. Someone famous once said, failing to plan is planning to fail. And I've heard this over and over again. I had no idea who said this until I looked it up online this week. Does anybody know where this quote comes from? Has anyone heard this quote before? Has anyone had your father tell you this quote? Right? Is actually Benjamin Franklin, believe it or not. He said that. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And how is it that we can plan our lives out? God says it this way in Proverbs 16.3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. 
Don't you like that? Humble yourself. Come before Almighty God and say, God, what is it that you have in store for my future? You've given me these gifts and abilities. You've placed me in this family. I, I have these personality traits. I have these giftings. But God, what is it that ultimately that you want to do in and through my life? I commit my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to do what it is that you have destined for me to do on this planet. And guess what? He then begins to establish your plans. Through his Holy Spirit, he leads and guides us. But we know that oftentimes the most overlooked areas in our lives is how we prioritize what's most important. We're in church, right? I mean, the church is right there. We can touch the wall. Our worship center, that nice air-conditioned facility over there. Which if you come back next week, we promise we'll turn the air conditioning on for you. But this is incredible to be outside and be on the church lawn. Think of what the answer is. We know what the church answer is, right? God should be first in our lives. Then it should be our family and friends. Then it should be the work that he's called us to do. And if we have time, if we have time, maybe one hobby. Maybe be in a golf league or a bowling league. But never overtax ourselves. Right? That's what we're supposed to say. Isn't that the right answer? And we're all living that life? I can see you. And I know my own life, because reality really is, is so often it's easy to put work first. And then because we work so hard, we want to make sure that we have outlets to, to have recreational time. So sometimes our hobbies or our kids' hobbies or our kids' activities come next. Then it's family and friends because sometimes we struggle with guarding that, that kitchen table and the time that we would pour into them. And then ultimately, God, where are you in all of this? If I have time, if I can make time, if I can carve out time, maybe then we can figure out what this looks like. And so today, this isn't just for dads, this is for all of us. Maybe we need to reassess and reset our lives. God, what are you calling us to do as we head into the summer? So let me ask you this. I love asking questions and giving you time to ponder it. Which of the following best describes your pace of life? You're going to fall in one of these two categories, okay? This is the first one. How many of you would say, my life is fast-paced. However, it's how I function when I'm at my best. Some of you raised your hand and you didn't even hear number two, which is very typical of people that have this lifestyle. All right, here, here's the second one. I live my life slowly and deliberately, and I am able to keep things in balance. So are you number one, or are you number two? Go ahead and just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a one or I'm a two. Most likely, if you're married, you're probably married to the opposite of whichever one that you're picking. And there's nothing wrong with either one of these. It's the way that God has hardwired you. It's the way that you function best. You have gifts and there's, and there's certain personality traits that God has given you. But what happens is life. Life comes in and life tends to screw things up. We get overwhelmed by life and so this is what happens. Number one turns into oftentimes my life is so busy that it often feels out of control. And for those of you that are number twos, it's this. Sometimes my life feels sluggish and nonproductive. And so we live in the tension of trying to figure out this balance. And so let me ask you this this morning as well. What are those external factors that set your pace of life? What are the things that come from the outside that determine your pace of life? Is it your work schedule? 
And if it is, just be honest about it. Is it your activities or your kids' activities? Is it your family commitments and trying to keep everybody happy? Maybe you're just a social person and you're always doing things and so your social calendar is just completely packed. Or maybe it's something else. What is it for you? What are the factors that are vying for your attention? What are the things that even as as the weather's warmed up and we're outside and we're moving into vacation mode that seem to keep tripping you up? But now take it a step further. Think about the internal factors that affect you. What is it that drives that pace of life that you find yourself in? Is it your quest for success? Is it your need to pleasure or to please or impress others? Maybe you're struggling because maybe it's a lack of motivation or you find yourself just being lethargic. And maybe you're saying, Tim, you just don't understand. I have health issues, and so there's things that I want to do, but there's physical limitations, or my emotions keep overtaking me, and I'm trying to figure this out. Or maybe this really, truly is you realize you're spiritually depleted, that this is the first time that, that you've been in church or around Christians in a long time. And listen to me. God is speaking to you. God is saying to you, I love you. I want to be part of your life. I have never left your side. I have never let go of your hand. And I want to cover you with my Holy Spirit. I want to speak deeply into your heart, into your life. And he's the only one that can do this. It was interesting this last week as the Gallup organization, they're a national organization, they do all sorts of statistics. They they just came out last week with their State of the Global Workplace Report. And this captures how people are feeling about work and life the last year. So think about that how people are feeling about their work and life balance. And we know everything got turned upside down, so many people working from home, the dynamics in the home changing, all of those things. Do you think the stress level of the average American on a daily basis went up or down the last 14 months? All of you said up? I thought it would go down. Am I crazy? I must be crazy. People are working from homes. People are spending more time with their families. People can be on a Zoom call while mowing their grass, right? I mean, think of how multitasking took on a whole different form. I was like, mate, are people, you don't have to, you're no more driving on 94 or 75 or 696. All of the time that we've recouped because of the things that have taken place. But you're exactly right. Listen to this. 57% of U.S. workers reported feeling stressed on a daily basis. 57% of our country. The greatest country in the world, in my opinion. Access to everything that we could ever have access to. And that's up 8 percentage points from the previous year. And do you know when they do this on a global scale, what that compares to? We're so stressed out in America, 57% of us, the rest of the world's at 43%. Isn't that crazy? Of course it causes us to have to pause, to reassess, to realign our lives and say, what is it we're living for? How do we not succumb to the pressures around us? And here at Shepherd's Gate, we would say by following God's example by opening scripture, by coming together and hearing God's word and saying, God, what is it that you have for my life and for my marriage 
and for my family and for my community. God, what is it that you would speak into me to help me stay on this path that you have for me? I love it because Paul wrote it this way in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, follow God's example. He said this to the church, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Well, how do we follow God's example? I mean, he's pretty big, isn't he? He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't have all of the the characteristics that you and I do, his son Jesus certainly, but not God Almighty. It's interesting when you go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, to the very beginning, the very first verses, and it says this, in the beginning, God created. You know what that means? God worked. Did you hear me this morning? That means God worked. And it says he created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God, so the spirit of God is also at work, was hovering over the waters. So cool. And God said, let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. And listen to this, and there was evening and there was morning the very first day. It was God that created. It was God that said. It was God that saw, and it was God that called light, light, and night, night. It goes on to say as he begins to create, as he begins to set up the process for the next six days over and over again, he could have created everything in the very first day. Do you know that? He's so powerful, so almighty that he could have done it all in one day and he chose to break it down over six days. And every single day that he created something different, he always stops at the end and says, there was evening and there was morning. The second day, there was evening and there was morning. The third day, there was evening and there was morning. The fourth day, the fifth day, and the sixth day. Talk about setting a pace. Six days to create what it is that we have here. Six days that we're part of that creation narrative. And so I, wanna, I want you to think about this, that God's pace for your life is actually starts at night. I want you to think about this. God's pace from the very beginning was evening and then it was morning. It was evening and then it was morning. And how many of you who consciously think about starting your day before you go to bed the night before? I bet you there's some in here that you actually don't go to bed until it's already the next day, don't you? If that's your dad, go ahead and elbow him. If that's your mom, go ahead and elbow her. If that's your grandma, go ahead and elbow kindly her. Your day actually starts at night if we follow God's example. And what is it that we could learn from that simple lesson, from following his example right from the very beginning, setting aside these days and creating the process that he did. Are you ready for these? Here's some practical things for you. What if you determined what time you will go to bed every night and you stick to it? Does anyone do that? How crazy is this? What if you set out your entire wardrobe the night before? Man, it got quiet out here tonight. 
What if you limited drinking caffeine? And some people are like, I drink a pot of coffee before I go to bed, Pastor Tim. What if you limit drinking caffeine and alcohol before you go to bed? How does that affect your morning? What if you planned out your breakfast and exercise routine the night before? Are you ready for this? This one's going to hurt. This one's going to be painful. There's been all sorts of research on this one. You ready for this? What if we turn off all electronic devices one hour before bed? I know it's tough, buddy. What if we read scripture and prayed right before we close our eyes and go to sleep? So the last thought on our mind is whatever God would want to speak into us. And so instead of running through an agenda and running through the worries of the day and what we're worried about the next day, the thing that's on our mind is God and his love and his grace and his mercy for us. That even some of us that are adults here, we're adults, we're still his children. He's still delighted in us. He still wants to pour into us. He still wants us to experience life and life to the full. Isn't it interesting that God actually calls us to set a healthy pace for our lives and when I, read my, when I read that list to my wife yesterday, she said, which one of those are you going to start focusing on, Tim? I wrote that list because those are all the things that I struggle with. How many times I've said, I'll be in bed in five minutes. Don't worry, you go ahead. Go ahead, you can go to bed before me. And then an hour later, or an hour and a half later. All right, just have a few more text messages to answer, a few more emails to get to, a few more things that I got to do before... I can say goodbye to this day and prepare for the next. God in his grace and his mercy, he's pacing us. He wants us to pace our lives a sustainable pace. This week I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. And uh, he is a wonderful guy. He's a dad of two beautiful little boys. And I'll never forget the call that I got from him a few years ago. He said, I need you to come to my house. His dad was 57 years old at the time. He had set so many things up in his life. He he had sacrificed for his family. He had gotten his financial affairs in order. He was only five months away from retirement. Can you imagine that at 57? When he turned 58, he was going to be able to retire. All the things that he went through. He was a godly man, incredible husband and father. He was in church all the time, always willing to do anything for anyone. And the last thing that his wife heard from him were these words, honey, I just got a couple more emails I need to answer and then I'll come to bed. And when you know when she woke up the next morning, God had taken him by the hand and ushered him into his presence for all eternity. And when he called me over to his house, I'll never forget this, he worked for one of the big three auto companies that we have here in Metro Detroit. His dad's laptop was still open on their kitchen table. And I was thinking about that, the symbolism of having even the workstation, you know, now that everything's portable with with cell phones and and laptops and even putting it on this place that for so long meant gathering people together to have eyeball-to-eyeball conversations to invest in one another and how often it's a struggle to even protect the time that we have when we have family meals because we're always on the run, we're always on the go. And I remember as we went over there to pray with him and he he saw his dad's laptop and he went over and he took his hand and he slammed that lid down so hard on that laptop that the whole laptop came up and went back down on the table. And I thought, how 
powerful of a moment is that? God, what is it that you've called us to do? What are the priorities in our lives? And I know some of you here, you've lost loved ones. You've lost dads at young ages. I know my grandfather, my, my mom's side, I never knew him. He had an addiction. It was called alcohol. And alcohol took his life when I was only one years old. And so often that's what happens is we get distracted. We get pulled in by what we think the world is wanting for our lives. And it's not actually what God wants for us. Listen to these encouraging words today. These are from Paul to the church in Rome. It says this in Romans chapter 8. It says, we do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit, listen to this, is life and peace. Who wants an incredible life on this earth? How many of you want some peace on this earth? Think of that. That only comes through God's Holy Spirit. The same spirit that hovered over the waters of creation. The same spirit that as a follower of Jesus lives inside of you. The same spirit that we saw at work in Rocky today in the waters of baptism. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you feel far from him, listen to me. You can have the assurance of knowing that God is with you. He is speaking to you even in this moment. He is drawing you to himself. And he wants to give you his peace, a peace that passes our human understanding, a peace that no matter what happens in this world, super, supersedes all of that and gives us hope for a future with him. He ends it this way. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. I want you to think about that for a moment. The same Holy Spirit hovering over the waters of creation, the same Holy Spirit that, that told Jesus, come out of that tomb. It's time. The same Holy Spirit that awakened his body from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your, ready for this? He'll give life to your mortal bodies. Again, we're human beings. We're not machines. And the Holy Spirit will give us that because it's his Holy Spirit who lives and reigns in us. Amen? And that's what we want for all of you. And so as we continue this series of Ready, Set, and I hope you come back next week because the whole series is, or the whole uh, conclusion is going to be on rest and stopping and how you can stop guilt-free. I'm going to give you all the reasons to not do projects this summer. All right? Come next week. You will be encouraged. And what God actually says about rest and resting in him. But I want to close by saying this to all of us first. God has given us his word. God has given us a community of believers. God has given us family and friends to walk alongside of us. And my prayer for all of you is that this year, this summer in particular, of all the things that we've been through these last 14 months would be some of the most incredible memories you've ever made. And I would encourage you, think about your life. Do an honest assessment. Ask the Holy Spirit where it is that you can set up those areas of your lives to enjoy life and enjoy it to the full. But don't forget about God. Don't forget about the God that created you, who sent his son Jesus to redeem you on the cross, and God who has given us his Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us each and every day. He is there for you. You can pray to him. And he will hear your prayers and he will answer them because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Amen? Amen.
And I also want to encourage our dads today. I know being a dad is tough. I don't get it right, just so you know. If my wife was up here and even my two boys are at an age now where they could tell you all of my flaws and all of my shortcomings, dad, put your phone down. Dad, pay attention. Dad, what are you doing? But you know that God is still working in our lives. God still has grace and mercy for us. And what I want to do today is I want to close by just having a special blessing upon our men today. And so if you happen to be with your dad, and I know many of you came because your dad asked you to come to church. Thanks for being here. If you happen to be with your dad or your grandpa or that special man in your life, would you do this right where you're seated? Would you just put a hand on his shoulder? We're going to pray over men today. And I hope this is okay if you're comfortable doing this. I know it's not comfortable for everyone, but we're going to do it anyways. And in doing this and having your hand on their back, you're saying, I support you. I'm rooting you on. I love you. I forgive you. And I'm on your side. And we believe in you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the men at this outdoor service today. God, we thank you for the influence that you've given them, the positions that you've placed them in, in their homes and in their communities and in their companies. God, may they always know how much they are valued and loved by us. God, we do pray for all of us today as we've opened your word, as we've looked at what your word says, as we follow God's example to live out that godly life, that there are responsibilities on us to lead godly lives in fear of who you are, in knowledge of who you are. And so God, give us the grace to do that each and every day. And even though we fall, even though we screw it up, even though we don't always get it right, that your grace and your mercy is there to pick us up and to put us back on the path that you have for us. So on this day, on this Father's Day, 2021, God, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for giving us Jesus Christ. And we thank you for all the men that are gathered here today. Fill them with your hope. Fill them with your peace. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's most holy and precious name we pray. Amen.